You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, buns, buns. Welcome to the Pixels Nink Podcast, episode 299, brought to you by CG Magazine. I'm your host, Lisa Mior, and joining me today, we have a lovely panel of experts. Let's get started with Brendan Fryer, Editor-in-Chief. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. It's really hot in Toronto today. You say that every podcast. Well, for the last, like, two months, it's been really hot in Toronto. We expect cutting-edge news from you, Brendan, and this is old news. Well, it got hot. It's humidity today, too. (laughs) Does that help? Breaking news. It's breaking news. It's really human. Alex, do you have something? Alex Hanziuk is here with us again today, and he has something better to say than Brendan. Hello, hello. Oh, okay. That works. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And we have Cole Watson. This is my last appearance ever. I will never be appearing on P&I again. Is that true? No. Okay, good. Um... But, but it's, new. Know, it's new. It's, this will be yeah. the, the last time I'm live in the studio. This wow. last time you're live in the studio. Because you're yeah. leaving us and you're going all the way to the East Coast. Now your chair and your mic and your glasses. That's up to the boss. Okay, <laughs> Can I have, have your watch? Only his glasses. Wait, my so glasses like... are up in this debate? <laughs> They're company issued. So. Oh, Can yeah. I have your phone? Wow, okay. <laughs> Who wants the shirt <laughs> off my else back? Something from you know home? what? Who uh, wants my car? My shirt. Tweet at us and you can get stuff from Cole, too. <laughs> and, of course, we have Jordan Biordi. How are you yes, doing, Jordan? I'm okay. You know, the today the word of the day is thwart. Okay. Thwart. Sure. I just figured, you know, since none of us had the best thing to say, I would have the best word. That's – you know what? It's an okay word. Maybe that'll be the, your new thing. I don't know. It's um, a good. That's a pretty good word. It's a good word. It's a good word. I think I mean, most it, people it know it, but and I think I think it's uh, it's very uh, relevant to our mission on this podcast. To thwart things. To thwart uh, the not ignorance? having of knowledge. Thwarting, the thwart uh, ignorance. Sure. Yes. All right. <laughs> sure. Okay. So. Uh, hmm. All right, so we have uh, some interesting topics to talk about today. The first thing we're going to talk about is the Ninja streaming controversy. Recently, Ninja released um, an interview where he said that he would no longer stream with female uh, streamers just to avoid any kind of controversy that might occur during a stream. Uh, So we're going to talk about that because we all uh, have a lot to say about that one. And uh, after the break, we're going to be talking about Nintendo Switch because a number of as our Q4 is continuing into Q1 of next year in terms of game announcements we keep getting more and more Nintendo Switch ports coming to the platform itself so is it becoming a bit of a dumping ground so that we'll be touching on that one a little bit later on but first let's talk about Ninja Alex, you're going to give us a little bit of a context on here. I am. So, yeah. you know, we're playing with Fortnite, which is, which is very exciting. We're also talking about controversy. So this is like the perfect, you know, we, we're getting clicks now. It's wonderful. Drama <laughs> Fortnite. Hand in hand. Yes. I can have all the pictures of Fortnite in this post for no reason. <laughs> Just all the pictures. Yeah. No, we're going to do lots and lots. Of and Ninja. Too big. Yeah. Clickable. Ninja we're doing it in case you didn't know, readers, listeners, we are doing it for the clicks. No, I'm yeah. kidding. We're not doing it for the clicks. Anyway, go on. So basically the controversy came because Ninja and his wife did an interview. And in the interview, his wife was like, you know, if there's even a, a simple conversation with female streamers, there's any hinting, people are going to turn it around, turn it into clickbait, you know, attack it and sort of that thing. So then Ninja's response was, okay, well, I'm not going to stream with women. And his, his statement is his sort of that he clarified. He says, 
While I understand some people have implied my views, me and I have something against playing with women, I want to make it clear the issue I'm addressing is online harassment and my attempt to minimize it from our life. So I said that on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. And so that that's basically the thing where he's like, you know, if I'm on stream with women, then people are going to take it. It's not good for my wife. I'm doing this for my wife. People are toxic. So that, that, that's basically the context yeah. behind it. Now, we all have a lot of thoughts about this, oh, yeah. about how we feel about this. Um, who wants to go first? I will go first. Okay. I have, I have no qualms with going first. Um, my biggest problem with it is it, it, I know what he's trying to say. Like, I know the, the concept is if he doesn't uh, kind of court controversy, it's not going to chase him around. Yeah. Um, my biggest problem is because he's kind of become an icon for Fortnite. If uh, an up and coming streamer wants to be like included in that like rise to fame, or kind of if he gives someone a leg up, he's now only going to give men legs up. That to me seems like a problem for especially for the Fortnite online scene. Secondly, it seeing it's it's putting the onus on the fact that men will just automatically have to hit on women. And if if there's even, he's in the same room or in the same stream, it's just going to happen. I don't know if it's, okay, I, I've been saying that, dropping that line before we talked about podcasts. It's not so much the onus of the man hitting on women because it's, it's the assumption that if a man and a woman are together on a stream, that there is no, yeah, that's that point. there's, there's no, like there's, it's, there's obvious sexual tension and that's pretty that, much the only purpose a woman streamer has. Point. It's never on the man to say, no, that's, it's, it's always the fact that women have to suffer because that's just how the view of society is. And men will just do that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the weird Republican view of how men act. In reality, I have lots of female friends that have just been platonic for like, 20 years and that's not a weird thing that's just the nature of society we exist in a multi-gendered society and mm -hmm. as such we have to kind of accept the fact that you can't just stick to one gender it is discriminatory even if you don't intend it to be mm -hmm. uh, also the biggest problem i have with this is it, it is showing that it, it, it's kind of the mike pence concept that it's it's doing his wife a disservice just to even have friends or know people that are women in like a streaming type context. And yes, I know it's not, that's what his intention is, but that's what it comes off as. If you have a woman on your stream, it doesn't automatically mean that suddenly you're being unfaithful to your wife. What it does mean is you have, might have friends that are women. And this would be, this is more of a double standard for the fact that he does interviews with women. He does um, photos with women in events. That would court the same controversy that streaming on with someone was. If he wanted to say, I'm just going to be only around men for the next 20 years as a married wife, but that sounds ridiculous. But it's just as ridiculous as you're on stream, you're not even in the same space. Yeah. There's no way you're doing anything, so it's a stupid concept. It's less stupid, or sorry, it's more stupid than getting a hug from a fan at an event. If you do that, it's a woman. Why does that not breed controversy? There's so many problems with this. It's only looking at one aspect, and yes, you only can control so many aspects, but really, if you want to say, I, I, I'm going to be faithful to my wife, and the only way I can do that is just not be around women for the next 20 years. Yeah, it, it sort of seems like he's like, you know, I don't want to lose my arm, even though my arm's fine, so I'm going to, you know, like, I, I don't want to lose my whole arm, so I'm going to chop half of it off, yeah. right? It's like, oh, you know what? Oh, save my other half of the arm. Yeah. Whew. To me, that that seems the biggest problem with it. And I mean, if he's saying, I'm not going to stream with women in the same room, I'm like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I can understand that. Like, you want to make sure you show that I'm not like alone in a hotel room with a woman because that's only going to be controversy or something like that. But 
that's not what he's saying. He's not going to stream at all with women. Yeah, and that's my biggest concern. And I, I think that also includes like you know where, where you can host some yeah. someone's thing, which, which you know it's it's a big boost that you know, a it's a big boost big especially because he's become huge and he became huge because he rode on the coattails of Drake and all those people because he got a stream with those guys, mm-hmm. and if they didn't give him that leg up, he wouldn't have been as massive as so he is today. Has he in the past streamed with women? Or is, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, so this um, is just a I'm stopping it now. Yes. I, you know, I'm successful right now. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. Our, yeah. He feels he's too big for his britches, essentially. And that's my biggest problem. Like, he's not that big that suddenly he has, like, he's like, no, you're just too small for me. I'm just going to sit in my ivory tower over here and just don't talk to me right now. And that's, it's a little bit of that there. Like, I, I could help you out, but I'm just not streaming with women. Sorry. Just can't yeah. help you out right now. I mean, a lot of this came out of the fact that uh, over the, like uh, another rising Fortnite star, um, Ali Myth Kabani. Sure, might have no idea. That yeah, so. she sure. was streaming with him, and then fans started asking, "Are they dating? Are they dating?" Because again, we're still we're not quite at the society part where we can just assume that a guy and a girl on the same stream together are just you know streaming together, as opposed to like there has to be a backstory, there has to be a connection but kind I mean, of thing. That's it's none of people's business. I mean, he says no. But, I was. We weren't in the same place. I'm with my wife. We're happy. That's the end. Well, of this me. is this is the thing. I think the biggest problem I have with the fact is, aside from the fact that again he's using a tried and true um, argument that unfortunately is very detrimental to women in mm-hmm. any kind of industry yeah. and just in society in general, where it's always like, "Well, you're there. I can't control my manly urges," even though he's not actually explicitly saying it, but by feeding into that argument, he's still you know confirming the fact that guys you're in a room with a girl that means you can't you know hold back and like not it's her fault that you're looking at her it's her fault that she's Mm -hmm. there he doesn't mean that he's talking about something completely different but the way the messaging has happened and the way he's presented this whole thing is emphasizing that all right and aside from that and aside from that, the big another like a, a big issue is the the fact that he had a very missed opportunity with this comment here. All he had to do was say, "I'm going to play with women. It's not going to mean anything. You guys need to, you know, get yourself get over yourselves because this is what happens in the real world. Guys can play with girls, and nothing can ha- and nothing sexual will come of it. Like he needed to." take a stand and say something like that because we need big names to say that this is how we need to change our mentality but towards big, relationships like professional relationships but the biggest problem i have with ninja is he is really young yeah. um yeah. he is judging it based on the, his point of view which is a white privileged point of view and that's fair i mean that's what his point of view is yeah um is but, it fair though i mean at, when it's you're unfair okay. to expect hmm. that he has a massive amount of knowledge at his age in his position I'm sorry. Like, I'm going like, to disagree with you guys. I, I don't know what his religion is. I don't know. There's a lot of aspects I do not know about his life. He might be super religious. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to, just to challenge that, like, uh, okay, so Brendan, you and I are from a little bit, an old, just a slightly older generation. Yeah. Right? Now, we happen to know, a, like, a, a lot of our people that are working with us are, you know, millennial age. Let's just call that. Sure. That's that. a generation that actually takes this sort of thing to heart and really wants yeah. to try to make changes in society, into the world. He's part of that generation. I, I mean, I don't, what? at this point in time, I don't find it as, like, still fall, feeding into this older mentality that we had to grow up with. 
Like it, it's it's not. But I mean, it depends so, where he's from. I mean, if he's from the southern, like, where is Ninja originally from? I actually don't know. Like if he's from Texas, that's a very common mentality in Texas. It really does depend. I mean, if he's from you know New York, but City, still doesn't then, make it right. I'm no, sorry, doesn't, it doesn't make it right. <laughs> I'm not defending him. I'm merely stating the fact that as a person that does not know his background, it's hard for me to say what his reasons he's are. He's born in Grays Lake, Illinois. There you go. I'm not sure if uh, background really has anything to do with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, so much, so much as like he, like you said, he's young. He has a massive amount of success, and I'm sure there's a certain degree of fear to like losing that success. So rather than like you know courting controversy, he's just going to try and avoid it altogether because any controversy will cause him to lose everything he has. And I think I think what Brendan's trying to say, and I get why you want to talk about background, because you're talking about his contextual schema. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like what he had developed in like that shaped his understanding of the way the world works. And mm-hmm. I get that. Um, but at this particular level and the fact that we are live in an online society mm-hmm. that like your background and what you, it may play a role, but it's no longer the major role anymore. Like it's it's you surround yourself with people that think oh, like that. Oh, that's a choice. Oh, of course, but that's also a different situation. <laughs> different yeah, kind of. I think that we've already come down to the concept that that is not the. It's not a background issue. It's a fact that he thinks he's huge, and he doesn't want to have anything take away his fame. Yeah. Um. Cool. Parts of that. Okay. You you were on his side at the beginning yeah. of this. I, so, I, so, I have three key, I guess you know points perspectives. Uh, the big one with this, the whole context of it with me is that Ninja does want to avoid controversy. You know, he, he suddenly cut off the female streamers because of like that situation with Ali, where are they dating? And, and before it spirals into this harassment campaign against him as his wife or whatever, he just says, okay, I, I'm going to stop doing this. But first question I want to ask, how, how much Twitch do you guys watch a week? Zero. A lot. A couple oh, hours. It's pretty toxic. Yeah. Yeah. So I watch about ten hours. Alex watches a lot because of Overwatch and stuff. So he he knows how toxic the chat can get in certain scenarios. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those viewpoints can be just little nine year old kids just because they have the power of the internet just abusing it yeah. for the sake of it. But then there are the people who can take it really far and find your email address and spam you with all kinds of things like uh, a certain uh, influencer named Dodger who uh, came to the surface in, in kind of defensive ninja's perspective is that she married uh, a guy from the Yogg's cast. And what happened was she gave uh, some tweets uh, to give her kind of like context for it. So when Sam and I got together, these are her tweets, by the way, uh, some of my viewers harassed not only him, but his mother and sisters. I remember sobbing on a plane because I felt so terrible for the way he and his loved ones were being treated. Someone hired a PI to find evidence he was cheating. Someone else found poor star lookalikes and sent me videos of them. He received countless emails about what a scumbag he was and how he shouldn't be with me. This continued for the first two years we were together. So I think that internet especially the platforms here twitch youtube Mm -hmm. the ones here primarily on are extremely toxic in the comments and are extremely loyalist as well you know when you look at jake paul fans or they are extremely cultist yes evangelical exactly where they treat the the influencer like they're a messiah for them because either they help them out Mm -hmm. through a situation or they're that obsessed with their content 
with Twitch in particular, I see I see that chat. I see how everyone is just starved for drama on Twitch, mm -hmm. especially when they introduce the IRL section. But there's also the already poor perspective of women on Twitch already, where everyone, because of the titty streamers, just, okay, we're showing cleavage, we're terrible at video games, but we're getting by it, and everyone's giving us money. It's kind of like light cam girl shows. Mm -hmm. So everyone's just jumping on that already, like, oh, you're with this girl? So it's obvious she's a titty streamer. You're in it for this. You're in it for a sexual favor or something like that. The internet community in that platform is terrible. You know, it, it it does not have a shred of positivity because it's just loyalists that go to him. It's the nine-year-olds who swear and cuss because they have the power of the internet now. And it's the loyalists who are so devoted to his fan base that if they see anything out of the ordinary or that betrays his already established relationships, they will start attacking mm -hmm. that well, will. I, mean, I, I don't think it's fair to say that all, all Twitch users are sort of these toxic people, not, and even all Ninja fans, but... yeah. It is what goes to the top. I mean, if, if you're like a casual, you, you know, good natured mm. person, you're like, oh, great job. I love this stream. You can, you know, comment once, maybe comment twice. But if you're someone yeah. who's sort of doing it with, with, with a bit of, you know, uh, in a negative way, you're yeah. going to spam, spam, spam. It's the, uh, it's the bulk of comments yeah, are uh, the people yeah. that want to just be heard rather than people that actually want to actually. Like the yeah. smaller you are, the more genuine I feel the conversation yeah. is where you're just building a fan base. But the bigger you are and the larger you are, mm -hmm. the more you're susceptible to, to getting these toxic people in chat. Either it's to piss you off mm -hmm. right. or it's because uh, they're just attacking. See, my, but, uh, sorry, Jordan, but my my thing on this is is that Ninja is the biggest streamer in the world, right? Yes. Yeah. Like all agree on that. So everyone yeah. has eyes on him. Yeah, yeah, everyone has eyes on him. But I mean, He's making all this money. He's doing all this stuff, and I, mm. I, I don't know. I mean, because he's he's gonna appear with people, and like like yeah. you know, his girlfriend exists. People know that, and they're gonna. He's probably getting attacked she's, anyway. She's a stuff. streamer herself. Being there. Yeah, yeah. She's there. she she knows how to deal with this sort of situation. But it's I, not good, yeah. and we should they shouldn't have to. Yeah. But can, mm. sorry, so, Alex. But also, I, I think it was a missed opportunity by Ninja. Because I think it's a thing where he's sort of bowing to the to the toxicity, and I think that Twitch is sort of a shithole sometimes. It, it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's sort of a place where it's really toxic, and it's easy when something's toxic to really snowball there. And I, I think he missed an opportunity with his reach and everything too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think he can change stuff at least a little bit, at least for a few people. He's got, he's got, he's got a big reach. Like I think after he said the comment and after he said the redaction, there should have been like for a solid week, uh, every day I am guest starring with a female streamer. Yeah, I mean that's kind of okay. So this is what I'm trying to say. Instead of put, putting the blame on women and creating that whole of objectifying thing i can't be on because a woman's there mm -hmm. and you're going to make fun of me for being on with a woman so i can't do it mm -hmm. like instead of doing that an actual ally would amplify women would just take that opportunity and just say well yeah i will feature i will guest feature mm -hmm. the uh this is what's happening i play with girls nothing's or women nothing's gonna happen because men and women can actually be friends and I'm going to, instead of, you know, responding to you and, you know, bowing down to what you have to say, I'm going to start featuring more women happening. And I'm actually going to be an ally and amplify their voice with my with my reach. I mean, I have to say one thing. This this situation, the way people are acting, it's very kind of one side or the other. The people that are very, people that are married have kind of, a, have come to defend them, have come say, yeah, I don't want my wife to suffer that. And I can, that side, I can understand. Now, but but no, let me finish my point. <laughs> you sounded like you're finished. Sorry. But my problem is, as someone in his position, he has a responsibility. 
it isn't just he's a little guy that has 300 people watching him. he has millions of people watching him he is now a role model and he can choose to be one role model or the other he can choose to be a mike pence style role model where he says i assume in society women are just out to get me other than my wife who's amazing so i'm gonna have to just have no lunch with women unless i have people there like just have to defend me from that you know what the- or or he can be the person that tries to be an ally and tries to say, you know, so you might be saying dumb stuff about me, but you know, so I'm, I'm, I have these friends that are streamers, and I'm, and as you said, take every day as a yeah. Tomorrow I'm streaming with this person, and you can weed out the booby streamers and all that stuff, and just say I'm going to be why? Because if they are, there are ways you can say okay, these certain people here do not meet my values, and if you want to say that, that's fine. Why don't mm. okay? That's right, yeah. another no, talk. That's, that's another that's topic right. of conversation. I'm going to leave it away from this because this there's, is there's already too to deep. Court like controversy. And there's ways to just say to go against the controversy. If he says I'm only going to be boob, uh, stream with booby streamers from now on, people might be like, "That's weird." Yeah. But if he says, "Okay, there's a lot of amazing women on Twitch, and I'm going to yeah. feature them all, and just say every week we're going to have a different yeah, woman and on destroy stream. that perspective." Yeah. Yeah. That's how you do it. If you say every week I'm going to have a booby streamer on stream, it kind of plays into that perspective. And says, "Yeah." Twitch is all about sex if you're a woman. That's that's why you have to choose your people carefully. And choose your words when you're making yeah, a statement exactly. like this. Because yeah. now, all we're, we're not actually talking... The thing that he was most concerned about was the internet toxicity and like the inflation of any kind of rumors and... Yeah. Um, exactly as you were saying the loyalist fans mm-hmm. and the the just the, the just the trolls that come in and kind yeah. of do whatever we're talking now about the fact that oh he is uh, ha- on the most extreme sense even though it's not really where we landed but it's a mike pence style way of conversation instead of actually talking about the, the toxic the fa- toxic fan base because of the messaging he said and it comes down to the fact yes he is young there is a lot of contextual mm. issues that we deal with. We've actually talked about this in previous Pixels and Ink when we went into some Overwatch League yeah. situations where young streamers who don't Excuse like, me? yeah, pardon. Who also defended yeah. Ninja Yeah, of, well, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> but yeah, like coming in and they're not media trained. And although at this point he probably has some media training. Probably not he enough. Can he can yeah, afford it. Good. He can have. He has PR. He's got marketing. Oh, He's yeah. got all sorts of people managing him. I'm sure. But, I'm, but I do want to say the fact that it is there's as I said there's two ways you can come back and strike back a situation you have like look at the James Gunn situation yeah you have Batista who he says yeah I don't care Th- these these people are clearly just trying to destroy a good man so I'm going to defend him like tooth and nail mm-hmm. and then you have people like Chris Pratt and like eh, I don't it's know a, it's a very it's, difficult it's, situation it's a hard to say I don't know yeah. like I mean they were bad but he was bad I, I'm just going to stand over here that's kind but of Chris Pratt yeah. So. But my point is, like, there's two ways you can defend something. You can, like, take it on head on and say, no, I'm going to put my my entire weight behind this and try to defend this. Or you can kind of do the, yeah, I'm just going to take the easy route and just kind of not do the thing that might make it hard. And that's, and both are ways you can deal with. No no one's going to hate you if you do either one. Well, people are going to hate you no matter what. So it doesn't matter. It's just where your moral compass is and what you're willing to put your weight behind. Yeah. Jordan, what about you? Yeah. Um, I you guys have uh, pretty much covered it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm more or less somewhere in the middle as well because I, you know, I I I sort of share most of your thoughts. Like, yeah, the way he handled it wasn't great, and like it's definitely 
frustrating that you know uh female streamers and people who could like use a leg up in that like industry and in that area um aren't going to be getting it but at the same time i am kind of sympathetic to what he's saying just because like 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 you guys said you know i've seen other uh youtubers and like people like talking about this and um one of the what was what i was trying to say before um what in relation to like twitch having a toxic sort of uh you know comment base and uh like viewer base but it's not it's not just related to that like youtube has it like most of these like any any platform that has like the ability to have anonymous commenters has these like like deep um toxic like uh communities like like um Philip DeFranco, who's a YouTuber who like made his bread and butter just do, really doing like the news. Yeah. Um, he's he said the exact same thing because he's done just like like interviews, just regular interviews with like people like Jessica Nigiri and like mm-hmm. um, was it uh, that, that the, the porn star April O'Neil, like just like just you know nothing like any like casual or thing about like just actual interviews and just because like you know he's a he's kind of a chill guy and they have a little you know they laugh. And it's it's a little bit it's a, it's not like you know a sixty minutes interview. You still get people in the comments and tweeting at his wife like, "Oh look, something's going on here." Like, so like you're gonna have that no matter what. And and like Brendan said, like to the to the whole like James Gunn situation, like people will look for that kind of stuff and find ways to tear down someone just because you know they they have that ability. And it, and if there's something about them they don't like, they're gonna use whatever ammunition they can get to do that. So I understand where he's coming from and saying, look, I just want to protect my wife. I don't want her to get harassed. I don't want our relationship to, to crumble because I do really love her. But like you guys said, it really isn't the best way he could have done that. And, and nothing about it uh, really works in, 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 especially not in a, in a society that is slowly becoming more aware of like actual transgressions that are, that have been going on for like far too long and especially not in um especially like the gaming community which for way way too long has been of like a boys club like it has yeah i, agree yeah, definitely. With I mean like you're not wrong jordan like, there's gonna be controversy no matter what you do it's more the question of how you deal with it and i think i think he's chosen a way that is a naive way to think it'll kind of go away He's yeah, just, he's he's gone in a way, and this is this is the thing that really bothers me. It's, and the thing that bothers me the most is because a lot of celebrities are jumping onto this bandwagon. I don't want to even be in the same room with a woman because who somebody recently just actually made that comment. Do you guys remember which no. like major celebrity just did that? Just made a comment that they no longer feel comfortable just being in the same room as a woman because they're afraid of the controversy that's going on. Well, I mean, like a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're worried that um, the Me Too movement's going to attack them. And that's exactly right. my point. And I mean, because like, that's that is kind of what's the going same on mentality that he's propagating with this comment. And that's yeah. why the biggest issue I oh, have with it. Yeah, who was that guy? Uh, I forget what Yeah, it was. you know exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was, wasn't it a guy on Fox News? Wasn't it like the like Fox no, no, and no, Friends guy like who major, said it? It was an A-list. It was an A-list guy. But yeah, basically the concept was, I don't want to be in the, I don't want to have line readings with just them because then they're going to accuse me of like yeah. raping them. Like, that's not how the world works. Yeah, it's it's again and again saying things like this is yeah. also um, 
infantilizing women to the point where, oh, it's just, hey, look, there's a guy there. I can make a quick buck by accusing him of something or fans on there like looking for that sort of angle and like empowering um, victim victim uh, blaming and victim shaming with comments like that. See, it's what you guys don't seem to understand is just how detrimental even a throwaway best intentioned comment like this Mm -hmm. can be to women in any community that it's exposed to. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that's true. I mean, you have it. it, Yeah. I don't think he was trying to kind of play into that same mentality, but Mm -hmm. it has a similar ring to it where I don't want to be in a room with a woman because he isn't saying they're going to accuse him of something, but he's saying the community will accuse something. And that is similar in nature. Even if he's not his intention, it is very similar in nature to what he's supporting it in, in a way it's a it's supporting the community I, actually I don't think it was a, actions a naive, he didn't it mean was, it yeah it's it, all about his messaging yes exactly but he needs a pr rep yeah <laughs> yeah but that, that that's the thing making comments like that essentially a, supports the fact that the community will do this and there's nothing he can do about it yeah. when there's plenty he could do about it i mean he is in a position of power that yes yeah he oh. can start changing the view of what twitch is he is in enough support that he could Go to the people at Twitch and say, if you want me to sweeten on your platform, you're going to have to clean that stuff up. Yeah. He's just not going to do it because that's work. Yeah. Um, do, we've got like a minute left on this segment. So does anyone have any final thoughts they want to contribute, want to add? It's not all that a complex. It's a complex yeah. concept. But I think we've in 30 minutes, we've gone over this yeah. pretty yeah. heavily. Mm-hmm. But I mean, a final thought would be. I'm hoping he does take a step back and actually kind of reevaluate this stuff. And actually say, okay, I, I, I see what the community is saying. I see how I can, I as a person in power can make this better. And I as a person in power can stop this sort of rumors. Because he has that ability. He can go to the people at Twitch. He is the biggest streamer on Twitch. He can go to the people at Twitch and say, hey, you want me to stream on your platform? Let's find a way to make this not a problem. Let's find a way to like reduce, like put more filters on there. Put something in there. That if you're in my stream, that stuff doesn't get there. What's something interesting I learned about, just to kind of go into that one, I know this is we're kind of diverging, is uh, Twitch is no longer leaving isolated incidents yeah. on Twitch yeah. at, in terms of the way that they filter fans. They're now looking at any incidents that happen outside of Twitch. However, it's still not with the fans and the viewers. It's still just with the streamers themselves. I mean, be fair with... So, I mean, it's really hard to monitor that. And I think it comes down to a few different issues, which is awesome conversation for another podcast. I mean, mean, there is a possibility Twitch could kind of say, if you're signing up for Twitch, we want your Twitter account. And they just look at what your Twitter account is doing. And if you've been banned from Twitter... You, you, like it sends a message, and there is possibility to communicate with yeah. this. There, there's stuff. a lot of actually some really interesting so- uh, software that a number of companies are working on to mm. deal with that sort of situation, which we learned from when we were at MIGS last year. Yeah. We had a really, we saw a really interesting conversation with um, somebody who was working with Ubisoft, I believe, yeah. I mean, um, like, about how to monitor and how to improve yeah. that kind of situation. But again, we're digressing. Yeah. I think we kind of finished this topic. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to go take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Switch and all the ports. So, so yeah, it'd be great. All right. The Pixels and Ink podcast is brought to you by Buns, your city network. Buns connects you to the people in your neighborhood to help you find the things you need to fuel your real life. Swap things you already have to get items you need. You can also find jobs that pay the bills, homes for rent, advice, and a place to talk about your city. 
Buns is available online at buns.com and on your phones via the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks again to our sponsors. And now we are back for the second half of the podcast. All right. So Nintendo Switch, since its its launch has been extremely successful, is the dumbest statement I could make on here because it is just so (laughs) ubiquitous in its content that... Yeah, it's it's the only it's console worth owning. Yeah. That is not true at all. Maybe, not maybe true, a- but anyway, um, what we can talk about though is the fact that so many publishers and developers have you know recognized the fact that this is an extremely probably is is this the most successful Nintendo console at no. this point? Uh, no, no, uh, that's, that's I think it's the Wii. It's, the Wii. The Wii. It's, it's, but it has been closing in on Wii sales. Not even close. It, it is a ways to go. It's it, at least the it, most yeah. accessible. Yeah, to it's developers. tracking to at least um, uh, compete with it. And and yeah, mm-hmm. it, it is very accessible to developers. There. Yeah, so we can say that at the very least, it's probably the most well, one of the most accessible of all the Nintendo consoles to come to fruition for um developers and especially indie developers Mm. and uh welcoming to ports because of the fact that um it has such a diverse audience and it is a handheld console that is comfortable and all sorts of different reasons that we can talk about Mm. but anyway since we've been getting all of these ports coming from third-party publishers is this becoming a dumping ground for ports is this the easy way for developers to push out or so publishers big publishers to push out content without other with just by porting it because it's a brand new accessible new audience for Mm -hmm. them so what's that mean uh see i don't i don't wholly think so i don't know um and i mean this is a whole there's probably a whole other debate entirely but it doesn't seem so much like the switch has a port problem as it does maybe an uh like indie problem because like that's where a lot more stuff is being dumped onto like the switch storefront um i think like in relation to like different developers and different publishers bringing uh ports of like games that not even super duper old games like games that maybe released like within like a year or so to mm-hmm. the switch um is really just a smart move from like a business standpoint because like the switch is immensely popular it's not incredibly difficult to bring like uh you know like uh, less like lower tier games or even like last gen games that people liked to the system which most people like myself included see the value in because it it's uh like it's got the handheld capability like the whole reason i want or the main reason i want to get dark souls on the switch is because it's handheld um like the main reason that i'll probably end up picking up like dragon ball fighter z on the switch is the handheld for like even diablo like i want to get diablo on switch because i can take it anywhere like that's amazing yeah i think i mean um i would argue about the indie dumping ground there is always a worry as with any new indie platform that if the quality control isn't kept up that we it is going to turn into the inevitable like uh 
cesspool of steam, steam <laughs> essentially. Like, the problem like, that Steam has every mm-hmm. like we we saw this with PSN and their indies, uh, their PlayStation with its indies. We've seen this with um, other other platforms that are not getting the recognition that they want to get because of the quality control mm-hmm. behind the indies that are going up on it. So, but I think that's a separate discussion. Yeah, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, but um, I, I mean, I agree with you, Jordan, and the fact that it's only a natural business decision for most publishers to put bring out a port. It's an easy, well, not easy, but it's a much simpler solution than creating a new IP that can go across all the platforms. And it's an untapped market for a lot of these games. Like, yeah, I, it, I think... It, it, it tests the water, right? Like people, mm-hmm. you know, want to see certain publishers want to see like what viability they that this like the switch has because you know as much as certain uh, publishers you know talk a big game about like liking Nintendo and liking the Switch, you know, certain publishers said the exact same thing about the Wii U, but they still like you know had a hard time getting behind it, and I think the same reservations are are there with the switch like it's got uh, a big audience and it's got it's like it's still successful but i don't think i don't think that they're because they're not seeing like playstation 4 and xbox one numbers on it that you know they're still like kind of reserved about bringing uh, spending development time to you know develop new games or even like ways to like pare down new games to to be uh you know uh, perform well on the switch like they still don't know if they want to do that so they're just like okay let's let's port some games or games that we've already released that we don't have to like you know work as hard on and if those do well maybe we can start looking into the switch as as a viable like platform at at the moment it's it, there have been a lot of ports a lot of ports of like old games like we've got in skyrim we're getting um uh one that was just announced diablo, diablo yeah. yeah getting that and you know, it's nice to finally get those games. But if you're someone who's played those games, it's kind of like, oh, great. The Switch has a lot of mm-hmm. ports of games that are like two years old, three years old, And one people year have old. spent a lot of time building yeah. their yeah. account in other platforms that it's already been available. And on. as much as nice to have it on a Nintendo system and handheld, you know, the Nintendo fandom is like, wow, we're finally getting Diablo. This is so cool. But it's also kind of like, all right, the Switch is successful. We got these things. I want to see the next step. I want to see games that are arriving same time. I want to see new games that, you know, maybe even exclusive third-party titles. Who knows? Because, yeah. I mean, that, that really wasn't an option on the Wii U, except for, like, Zombie U when that launched or whatever, which mm-hmm. now it's not not a great game, though. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 been successful. Now I think it's up for the developers to actually put up. Or it, it, If we just keep getting these ports that are, like, a year late, yeah. two years late, I think that that's not going to fly. I mean, the biggest problem I have for the Switch is it is an underpowered system. So yeah. developers can't be putting the latest version of their game on it because it just physically doesn't have the power. Mm-hmm. And yes, I know, Jordan, you think it's the best system on Earth, but it is using NVIDIA's uh, X1 processor, I want to say. Yeah, it's yeah. a version of the Tigra or the yeah. Tigra. It's, it's, a, it's a thing that was in the NVIDIA Shield about two years ago. So it's a good chip, but it's a chip that has limits. And its limits are... It is really good at doing video rendering and very good at um, doing um, 1080p type of visuals, but it does limit what it can actually do. Like, It might be able to do something that's close to a PS4, but it's pushing it. And you're going to get a lot of that frame rate studies. You're going to get a lot of downsampling. You're going to get a lot of screen tearing just because the chip is not 
it is not a full desktop grade GPU. And I think I think a big reason why the Switch has been so uh, successful and so sort of critically like everyone everyone yeah. really likes it is that the Wii U was really underpowered. So yeah. and and even when it came out, so they sort of built up their own thing where it's like it's so much better than the last thing. Look at that. And yeah. I think a lot of consumers are like wow, it's it's so much better. And especially if you know you skip the Wii U, which which a lot of people mm-hmm. do. It's it's a huge jump from the Wii, and it's yeah. it's handheld. So but I mean, like right now, it's doing well because the PS4 and the PS4 Pro they're not diverging that much. But Sony is saying the PS4's lifespan is coming to an end, and probably the PS4 Pro is now going to take over going forward. And then they'll make a Pro Two or whatever, and then that that'll still be they'll kind of be, it's probably an iterative like how the iPhone works. But as they start pushing these consoles further and further on their limits and in the high-end consoles like the xbox one x and the ps4 pro the ports to the switch are going to be harder and harder and what the sacrifices you're going to make to get those ports is it going to become more and more obvious so you're going to get games that feel limited feel gimped feel like it's half an experience when these publishers should be making experiences that are developed specifically for the switch's unique feature set just releasing games that are already released does it's easy it gets it gets the um we some uh, sorry the switch some app tonnage but it's not really if someone's already has a ps4 if it's their secondary system what what is you're just paying for the same game again kind of I don't know. Except it's probably full price. Yeah, it's, it's probably full price because the Switch games are not cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think the influx of ports is going to continue for a very long oh, yeah. time. Uh, and, and the big reason why, like, even with things like the Bethesda games yeah. of Doom and, and uh, Wolfenstein 2, the big reason why is because the developer, the main developer, is not working on the Switch port. Mm-hmm. It's a third party that they've hired. And, and it's a very good one, but that's their sole job is to bring it over to Switch mm-hmm. because it is a different architecture, because it does take time to really optimize mm-hmm. that experience. So I think day and date is going to be, I don't think, like, really ever in the cards for yeah. Switch for for a considerable amount of time until like a new one pops up that they're like yeah it's the same architecture as an amd cpu that we're all using for the xbox one and the ps4 so now we can develop it natively but for now i think it's just going to be those out of house experiences uh like warframe is doing that exact same thing on the bethesda games i mean my biggest problem also is when you're looking at this sort of thing it, it feels very reminiscent of the wii when you had those weird side games and side ports as they're bringing out games so like the um call of duty that one year when there was the wii version was sim- more similar to golden eye the way they did yeah. <laughs> i love golden yeah, yeah it's okay. it's those ones as well as like there was like the age of remasters yeah where it was oh, yeah. like n- there were no new games coming out for like what felt like mm-hmm. a, a solid year and it was, oh, just it was a solid like five years <laughs> Yeah. 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 So do you think that the Nintendo is going to release sort of like a PS4 Pro middle model where they're like, oh, it's got better graphics. It's also still portable. Are they, do you think they're going to do that upgrade? Thing? I imagine they might because they did that with the 3DS, right? Like they had the 3DS and then there was like the XL. So it was a bigger screen that allowed for like, you know, better like pixel ratio. Mm-hmm. Then they brought out the new 3DS. So it wouldn't, which supposedly had like a better processor and better like pixel ratio and the little stick thing so it really wouldn't surprise me if a few years down the line they do do something like that um i mean i i would i i I would agree with both of you guys i would see something like that happening because historically their mobile and handheld titles have sold more yeah Mm -hmm. and it's been uh and uh, more uh conducive to bringing games onto their platforms with the 3ds and the 2ds and 
be like though that's been more successful for the company so to continue in this handheld uh hybrid yeah can, direction mm-hmm. makes the most financial sense. I mean, the biggest happen. problem with me is for the Switch, they are reliant on an NVIDIA CPU or an NVIDIA GPU system. And if NVIDIA doesn't make a new one, they're not going to get a new yeah, one for their yeah, system. Yeah. Unless they move over. To, and NVIDIA is really kind of pushing away from doing the ARM-based chips. They're pushing more into the heavy, high-end graphics, which is why they're doing this major event at uh, Gamescom and all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, all the machine learning. And all the machine and in cars and stuff. Yeah. So I don't – It depend, I mean, if Nintendo pays them enough money, NVIDIA will do something. Yeah. Yeah. But as of right now, they just used an off-the-shelf off the part and kind of made it work with the system. Mm-hmm. It depends on how much justification they have to increase. Like when they made the new 3DS, they just took a, the chip, a new version of the chip they were using and just put that in. If they don't have that chip, what are they going to do? Are they going to go straight up ARM and just go with the uh, a Qualcomm option? I don't know if it's going to have the graphics capability. It's also not going to be as compatible. Yeah. So it, it's really kind of a question of what Nintendo wants to do. Mm-hmm. Also, what and because they're so reliant on NVIDIA, they have to make sure NVIDIA is releasing a new chip so they can put it in their <laughs> system. Yeah. At, 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 at the same time, though, I feel like a Nintendo console, I mean, the bread and butter is the first party titles. Yep, That's why you go so. That is exactly console. true. So if you have the first party titles, you get your Odyssey, you get your Zelda, yep. you get your Smash Bros, and then you get the third party ports. I yep. think that they'll do just fine. I mean, they're doing great with it already. I like, I mean, uh, oh, yeah. Well, I think it, like but, I'm hearing like a lot of excitement for Diablo three as well. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. you can. So, like, I think like um like it, it's part of it too. Like I said, it's it's certain companies. Like I think Bethesda has been really good in actually putting their money where their mouth is, like with Switch support, because like like you know the port of Doom was actually pretty damn good. And now, like I think, like like seeing how well that did on Switch is exactly what sort of like gave Bethesda that kind of confidence. Is okay, you know what? Let's get Panic Button to put Doom Eternal on the Switch. So now, not only do you have the port, but the newest Doom that's coming out is going to find its way to the Switch. And maybe sure, we might not get something like Fallout seventy six on Switch, but with how Fallout seventy six kind of looks, who cares? Um, <laughs> I'm sure, like uh, uh, something like a more like pared down. Um... <laughs> sorry, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was too easy. Sorry, man. Okay. Go on. It's okay. I walked into it. Um, yeah. No, I mean, like you know, so like like something like you know, if there's maybe a more like dedicated uh, like single player Fallout experience, that might find its way to the Switch. Even the new Elder Scrolls, like you know, that, that game is like however many years away that it's it is. I'm sure, like if depending on how li- uh, long the Switch lifespan is, like it would seem uh, weird to think that like they're not gonna have uh, like Panic Button or whoever might be working on it, like saying like let's find a way to bring this to the Switch because we're gonna sell Gangbusters on the Switch as well. Well, this that's the thing because we've seen success with a lot idea. of those titles. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I just wanted to mention one thing. Oh, I'm, hold on. Okay, continue. Uh, I was just going to say that's the thing because we have seen some success with a lot of these titles. It is encouraging uh, other publishers to want to follow suit, mm-hmm. right? So it's mm-hmm. it's um, it was a good test of the waters, and Bethesda seems to feel that it was doing well for them, so they'll continue to keep adding to it other companies are seeing that and they're like i want a piece of the pie so mm-hmm. we're going to keep getting these ports because we've, they've seen that as long as people are buying the, like the ports and still playing the console they'll mm-hmm. want to do it my, my my thing i wanted to jump in there just be the mention of games off in the future that are years away i don't 
those games right now, even the developers are talking about, they're not even knowing if they're releasing on the PS4 and Xbox One X. Yeah. At that point, those games are looking so far ahead that they want to be able to push polygons so um, with so many polygons that are just physically not possible on the systems we have now. Yeah. I can't see them saying, well, we really pushed it so it had to be on the PS4 fi- PS5. What if we made it look a lot worse That's and released it in the Switch? Yeah. That's why I'm thinking someone... we're not going to want to see – we're not going to see Cyberpunk but no, on the Switch. No. If, um, I mean, w- w- when did Skyrim originally come out? Uh, uh, Skyrim? Uh, five, like six I believe, years ago now. Six years ago. Okay, so yeah. that was – that was a uh, Wii U era then, or was that, that was, Wii? Um, uh, that would have been, been Wii era, Wii. yeah, yeah, Wii era. Oh, sorry, 2011. Two consoles like, generations, like, generations later, Nintendo can finally run it. Yeah, and that's on Sky. Like, it, yeah. how much time? And and by the time it got there, it's been ported to so many things. It's been already, ported right? to literally. But everything. to be fair, yeah. so I, I, would be I don't think it probably couldn't have been run on the Wii U because the Wii U, the Wii U had Deus Ex: Mankind I, Divided, so. Like, and it it was rough. Skyrim's that version was rough. But, yeah, it was very rough. I mean, I mean, I, there's no, I, I, I don't see any way it's on the Switch. Maybe the next Nintendo console, if they, or, or the, it, it's going to be a very, very limited experience. It's going to be one yeah. of the, like, wow, do you want the good version or do you want the version that's Close on the Switch? Well, I, th- yeah. it, 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 I think it all depends on, on like who works on it and and what they're willing to do. Like I know we, uh, we, you guys weren't part of this, but or maybe Cole was. We had a similar conversation about like, you know, di- like art direction and design versus. Know, graphic oh, yeah. fidelity so like the Wii or the switch is capable of doing stuff on a sort of a pared down scale like like zelda does a lot with a little so it, it, but the problem, it depends yeah. on the on the, on then, the development company and what they're willing to do with what they have so like yeah you might have a pared down version of the elder scrolls 6 but it's still something that like is is reminiscent of the elder scrolls experience and it's on a portable console and but that's that's a, now that now we're talking about like that's not a port at that uh-huh. point that because that would be the same thing as like saying Final Fantasy 15 on mobile, yeah. which is a completely different experience. It's the same hey, game, know, yeah, but it's a different ex- pared down mobile experience. <laughs> and then we'll have so like saying the Elder Scrolls Six coming out on on current gen uh, 4K capable consoles and PCs. And then coming to Switch, which is not 4K capable, yeah, like yeah. it'll be a completely different yeah, but it experience. Depends especially on what you since Elder Scrolls will want to be able to, like, well, you, the biggest, play. The biggest problem with, with Elder Scrolls people. is, yeah, uh, the biggest problem with Elder Scrolls is the fact that it is such a big open world. Skyrim, uh, six or seven years after it was released, still broken. Finally, is able to, yeah, it, and that's the biggest problem. <laughs> when you have a massive game that has a massive universe to kind of explore. You're not going to be able to do that with with the Switch's capabilities and still be able to push polygons because the Switch has limited bandwidth, limited memory capabilities, and limited C- and limited GPU CPU power. Oh yeah. So you I mean you can maybe get one aspect, so it, it'll be a really bad looking Elder Scrolls Six with kind of weird pocketed universes, or it looks okay, but it's going to be really closed off. They're, they're going to ha- there's going to be concessions made to make it work on that hardware. And that concessions is not necessarily fair to the consumer. Bringing everything over to what console isn't always fair to the people bu- buying those games. So they want content for their game, 
content for the system, but by getting it, they're getting a worse experience, and that's not really fair. It makes more sense to have less ports and games that are designed specifically for that hardware than just trying to push everything onto a system that's not. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of that's what I'm saying, right? It depends. Like, if they want to bring something like that to the Switch, like it depends on who's working on it and and what they're able to do with what they like what they have. Like, it doesn't have to be a one to one comparison of the PS4 or whatever gen console Elder Scrolls comes out to. But I think in that. Uh, with that being said, we're getting a little off topic because, um, you know, that doesn't really necessarily address the like the port situation that's happening right now. Um, and now that I like, got just just thinking about it now, like I think that as long as the game industry can continue to make money off these things, um, they are going to like that's sort of the bottom line. And like right now publishers are seeing the switch as a viable system to put old games on because people want them for the portable aspect of it like that's really the biggest draw of having something like you know um i don't know what was it what was a port that came out recently Okami HD. Yeah, but Okami yeah. HD was an HD re-release, so that's. But there was no. It was a re- HD re-release about a year ago. Oh, that's HD right. HD it did yeah. come out a year See, ago. Okay, I think in the end, what it all comes down to is the fact that every time there's a new system, we are going to be seeing these ports. It's a neat thing that companies are finally seeing nintendo as a viable port platform and i for one welcome our new port overlords also not not even just nintendo i mean like look at last of us look at gta yeah. 5 oh, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a, it's it a cheap sense. way to make games yeah. for as long, long as they can keep getting console, re-released sorry yeah, yeah exactly that's good yeah. i think that's a good final thought to end on I, yep. it's one i just want to say that uh, oh. steep 2 has a no steep has officially been yeah yeah that's nintendo that's switch. a port that's no longer happening but that's like i said that's that's sure. ubisoft <laughs> port that never was like Ubisoft. Yeah, but wasn't that because Steep was did badly? Yeah, yeah. It, it's not doing well. They're like, we're gonna focus on it. Which makes yeah, sense. but that's the whole like Ubisoft <laughs> games as service. Like, let's not keep making games. Let's try to keep supporting games. That's why like this the games as service model. I don't think is super duper viable. And it's also yeah. I think it's a little bit of but Ubisoft can... like talking mm, about how that's really biased. What's that? I'm gonna say that's really biased because like literally we because of the argument we literally just had we could basically say that about everybody that's making a port yeah. coming to Switch like that I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of very much disagree with you on this. Well, look, no, this is a whole uh, but uh, but because then essentially this is a platform for games as service. As, uh, as, but, uh, but the games as service model isn't super duper like like uh, at least in my opinion i don't think it's a hundred percent stable because you're offering less content with the promise of future updates and that's exactly what leads to something like steep being canceled on on the switch is because their game didn't do well because it didn't have a ton of content so rather than putting development time into making it for the switch you're thinking you know let's what? support it on the consoles it's already on because we have to bring more content to it really have it against because again you know what? I'm sorry. You really have it against Ubisoft. I totally disagree. No, 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 no. Because we can say the same thing about all the Bethesda games that are being ported. We can say everything about yeah, Square Enix Lisa, ports that are coming to Switch. We can say a Lisa, lot about a lot of stuff. At least but, those games were finished and they were full of content. <laughs> at least Doom didn't come out with like five levels and it was like, it this is a games of service. We're going to bring more levels as the years go on. It was on. finished. It just wasn't great. It was great. What are you talking about? But I disagree. I think we disagree. With you. Fantastic. I think I disagree with you. I love it. Anyway, we're wrapping up. <laughs> Before you can just keep going off about 
Ubisoft. We're gonna have to wrap up. No, no, I like I like Ubisoft. I'm excited for Starlink. Okay, because it's a Nintendo character, and yeah. that's why a Nintendo fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it's the Star why. Fox game we never got on Wii U. <laughs> and we don't have any bias here. Okay. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> and if you like what you Belmont amiibo, wink, wink. Oh my god. Sign calls Diddy. Sign calls Diddy. Thanks everyone for listening. And if you like what you hear or you want to know more about the things that we talked about, please visit us at cgmagonline.com. You can like and subscribe to our podcast on Bun's Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast apps. You can follow us on Facebook at CG Magazine, on Instagram at CG Mag Online, and on Twitter at CG Mag Online. Guys, plug your Twitters. Cole, what's yours? At Kaiser underscore Watson. Cool. At Axanziak. <laughs> Thanks. B426. And Jordan. Maybe Jordan underscore. Lisa Awesome with no E's. And uh, you can catch past episodes of Pixels and Ink on YouTube, so subscribe to our channel for that and some cool videos. Thanks again to Buns Vo- uh, Podcast Network for helping us host our podcast and for everyone here at CG Magazine. Have a great weekend! Mm-hmm.